you don't know, my name is Joel, and Jess is getting a stand for me, but let me just say hi. There are a lot of people that I don't really know, actually. Okay, I've been in this church for a really long time, but um, I haven't been here for about two years now. Okay, um, yeah, so today, um, they asked me to share on a really funny sermon topic, which is when the king returns. When they gave it to me, then I thought like, wow, like some Lord of the Rings thing, then how to, a bit difficult there, but okay, I will try my best. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, for the past two years, actually, I've been studying Australia, and yeah, so... I think the last time I spoke was like two years ago when I talked about like, uh, yes, the default answer is yes. And I don't know how many of you remember that, but um, that was two years ago. And without realizing it, I've been in Australia for two years and that's actually been a really long time. So um, yeah, I'm trying to, okay, I'm trying, okay, let me try something. I try to speak with an Aussie accent Shucks. Okay, let me, let me try again. Hi, this is an Aussie accent. Okay, who thinks this is a good Aussie accent? All right. Oh, my girlfriend. <laughs> hey, thanks. Okay, um, yeah, so after two years in Australia, I still talk like a Singaporean, which is not very good because when I go and make presentations, then I will like, so social um, psychology, this is a manic depressive disorder, la, then uh, something, la, then this other thing. La. Then after that, the, the teacher, I think you've done very well, but what is la? <laughs> but I don't know how to explain also really. But yeah, so please forgive me. I'm glad I'm back in Singapore so I can use all the la's I want and you all will know what I'm talking about. I'm glad in Singapore, cause I'm back in Singapore because then I can go eat all the food, like the, you know, the murtabak, the chakwetiao, the batsomi, the heimi, the... Wow, so many things. The cheese prata, the... Oh my, I can talk about this for like another two hours. Lah, but I don't think you want me to list food, lah, okay? But yeah, that's why, that's why I'm like that. Right? Because at first I was like Joshua Yap, but then I come back, then I... Okay, yeah. anyway, today, let's, let's get down to business, okay? Today we're going to talk about a very serious passage, okay? So I, I did all my jokes in front already, so now it's serious stuff, okay? Serious, okay? Serious. Serious. Okay. Let's all turn to Luke, Luke chapter 19. Today we'll talk about um, the parable of the Minas. Actually, uh, is it Minas or Minas? Minas, right? Okay, the parable of the Minas. Okay, who's at Luke 19? Everybody Luke 19, can you please look up so that I know that you're there? Okay, Luke 19. I'm just going to read through it very quickly. Um, Luke 19 verse 11. While they were listening to him, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas, which is like one mina each, okay? Because ten divided by ten is one. So ten minas, ten servants, each one got one mina. Okay? Oh, by the way, if your Bible is good like mine, then below you will say a mina is three months' wages. So uh, that's a lot of money which I didn't realize. Okay, but anyway, um, so each one had one mina, and then he said, uh, put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. 
But anyway, the nobleman was made king and he returned home. So he sent, the servant, sent for the servants to whom he had given money in order to find out what they had gained, what had, what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned 10 more. So, 10 more, 1 mina times 10 is 10. 10 minas. Okay, so from 1 mina, he become, it became 10 minas. So, well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities. And the second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned 5 more. His master answered, You take charge of 5 cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth and I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said, to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. So they're saying, why are you so unfair? The guy already has ten, so why are you giving it to him? And he replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Okay, what well, serious when I read it the first time, I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to say? Uh, God wants to kill all of you. <laughs> it's very difficult to preach on this. But so I, I, I spent a lot of time praying about it. So anyway, let's, let's pray now before I start, okay? <laughs> Father, I pray right now, Father, that even as I share your word, Father, I pray that um, the word will be something that you want to speak to every single heart. I pray, Father, that um, it will be a Rima word to everyone. And I pray, Father, that um, every word from my mouth will be anointed, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so in this passage of Luke, as we see, Jesus is revealing himself as king, okay, and trying to teach us how to understand the kingdom of God. Okay, so that's, that's what he's trying to do. And it's important to know, okay, this is a bit of background, okay. Um, in this passage, right, where, as Jesus was telling this parable, um, he's about seven days away from the crucifix- crucifixion, yes. So, he's, he's, so he knows he's going to die. He knows he's going to be killed. He knows he's going to... Um, rise again and he knows, he knows all that is coming. So what he's doing in this parable is he's trying to teach the, the, the disciples, he's trying to prepare them for the fact that he's going to go away. And he's trying to tell us what we should be doing while he's gone. Okay? So in this parable, let's look at it. In Luke 19, okay? it, there's a nobleman. He's the rightful heir to the throne of a kingdom. He's to be coronated. He's going to be crowned as king. Okay? But before his inauguration, he has to go away and he has to receive... Um, and uh, to be received and to be appointed as king. Sorry, my sleeve keep dropping. Um, and then he can return and assume the throne and rule and reign. So Jesus is saying that he's like that. He's about a week away, and he knows that he's going to die. He knows that he's going to go away. He knows that a few days later, he's going to come back, and uh, he's going to raise, be raised from the dead. He knows that he's going to conquer Satan. He's going to conquer death. He's going to conquer hell. And he's going to um, appear to, the, to many people over the course of the next 40 days. So he's, he's going to prove that he has resur- um, resurrected from the dead. And then after that, he's going to go back up to heaven. And, and that's what's going to happen over the next um, about seven weeks or so. Okay, so that's, he knows all this is going to happen. And that's why he's sharing this parable to explain to the disciples. Okay, so when he's telling um, the disciples this, we know that... Um, 
Jesus is going, he's going away, it's an opportunity for us to be faithful um, citizens and servants of those that he's talking about in the parable. There are three servants in this parable. Okay, so that is an opportunity for, where, for the church to be one of these three. And that's where we are now. Because we know already that Jesus has died, Jesus has risen, Jesus has gone away, and he hasn't come back yet. So we know that this parable, the whole frame of this parable is where we are now. Because so now, right now, we have the opportunity to be one of these three servants. Okay? So, but then, okay, anyway, the point here that I'm trying to make is that the king is returning. Okay? There's no doubt about it. Okay, we know that that's going to happen. The only thing that we don't know is when it's going to happen because that's what Mark says. Mark says that no one knows the time, no one knows the place. It might be soon, it might be coming soon, it might be right about now. Not now. But maybe it's going to be now. I thought, I thought it would be quite cool if I say now then we all deserve. Yeah, but it didn't happen. But yeah, the thing about it is that the king is returning. We all know that's going to happen. And while he's away, as I said, we, had, we have the opportunity to be one of these three servants. So the question I want to ask you right now is this. When the king returns, and when he's standing in front of you, when you're standing in front of Jesus, what is Jesus going to say to you? What is Jesus going to say to you, to you, to you, to you? What is Jesus going to say to you? If Jesus showed up right now, would he say, well done, good and faithful servant, you have done well with your life? Or would he say, um, you've sinned? I've given you lots of things. I've given you time, but you've wasted your life. I've given you talent, skills, abilities. I've given you a lots of things. And you're not doing very much with it. You didn't do very much with it. Um, your money, you didn't do very much with it. Um, you've wasted it. You are unfaithful. I, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I'm standing in front of Jesus, what he'll tell me. And, and I think it's the same for you. So to some of you, Jesus is going to say, good servant, you have been faithful, you have been generous, you have done many things with your life. And that's great. I, I think we all love it. Um, we know people who have been generous and, and we know people who have had fulfilling lives and we know, we know how, um, and we believe that God has, is going to bless them. And we believe that God is going to say, well done, good servant. Okay, but let's just take a minute and think about our lives right now. All of us. Okay? What, is going to say, what is God going to say to us? Well, that's a bit scary. Okay. One thing I want us to think about right now is, can you think about how blessed we are in Singapore? Okay, I know we, we I think every speaker, okay, not every speaker, but a lot of speakers will come here and say that we think about how blessed we are in Singapore and all that. But seriously, let, let me tell you how blessed I am. I think I am very blessed. When I went on my first mission trip to Philippines, that was many, many years ago when I was six. No, actually, that was when, a few years ago when I was 16 years old. You know, was, you know I'm quite young. And, this is a few years ago when I was 16. Okay, so, yeah. And when I went to the Philippines for the first time, I was quite um, shocked because i never seen poor, things, poor people before. Like, poor people before. I thought I was poor because like, when I went to secondary school, then my mother only gave me, like I think, $2 a day, and then I thought, wow, very little. Eh? Yeah, you know, I buy a bit of things, be here, be there, then no money already. Wait, how, wait, I just want to ask, how much do you all get a day now? Do you all get more? Who gets more than $2 a day? 
Hey, don't bluff. Okay, please just raise your hand. Okay? Like, be bold about it. I get more than $2. Who gets more than $2 a day? Wow, you're rich people. God would, I mean, uh, no, no. God loves everybody. Yes, yeah. But yeah, I thought I was very poor. Then when I went to Polly, then I went to my mother. Hey, mother. Oh, no, no. Uh, uh, Mom. <laughs> I deserve a raise. What, $2 a day? Who are you? I cannot buy anything. I buy one bus for me, one chicken rice, then no more money already. For two meals, gay, okay? not for one. I mean, you know, the, yeah. Lunch and dinner, right, Craig? Ah, okay, okay, calm down, okay, calm down. Okay. So I thought I was very poor. I thought, oh my goodness, I, am, I have no money. But do you know that um, there's this thing called, there's poverty and there's extreme poverty, okay? So extreme poverty means that you live, you live under $1 a day. Well, then $2 a day, then I poverty, but there's people who are $1 a day, so it's extreme poverty. And do you know that one out of five people in the world live in extreme poverty? That's, that's like, I have the figure here, it's like 1.2 billion people live in extreme poverty. But okay, all these are just numbers to me. I, I see, if you tell me this when I'm 16 years old, I'll be like, yeah, so that's like in Africa, I'm in Singapore, nobody here. Okay, but when I went to Philippines when I was 16 years old, my concept of poor just changed upside down. Because that's really poor. Okay, like, when I, when I went at 16 years old, then we went to this place called Tondo, and it was a slum, and, and there was this, um, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's really terrible, it's dark. It's, um, people live in houses that is like about the size of my toilet, like one whole family, five people stay in the, my toilet kind of thing. And then, not literally in my toilet, <laughs> But stay in a place the size. Okay, yes, they stay in a place the size of my toilet, and like the walkway you see in Singapore, we always think that the walkway is very cramped and all that. But it's like I don't know. I now I think I cannot fit through the walkway already. I, I think I cannot go to Tondo anymore. Yeah, but it's really small. It's really cramped, and and it's amazing how people live there. I don't know how they live there. If I live there, I'll be like depressed every day because like my life is like and there's no way out because I have no money to send my kids to school and, and nobody and I cannot read and I, I don't know how to you know that's poverty okay the second time I went to Philippines was like about three years ago in 2008 and I went there with Josh, Joesh and Janahan and we had a great time <laughs> well <laughs> right the food and the okay but we had great you can go and ask them about it I think they enjoyed themselves too Okay, we went to Philippines and we did the usual mission trip stuff. We did the, um, like, we um, shared testimonies. We did skits. We sing action songs. Uh, yeah, na, 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 na. Yeah, we did action songs, everything. And we, but the, the thing that really was quite exciting is we, we joined a children's camp in, in Philippines, which means that um, all the children were sponsored by Care Chan- um, through Care Channels. That means people pay um, money in Singapore and the money goes to the children in Care Channels to study. So, um, care channels once a year, they gather all the kids into one place and then we have a camp. And <clears throat> we joined the camp. We um, just attended as, um, I don't know, we just attended. So, we joined different groups. We, they split us up to different people and all that. And, okay, I, after the whole experience, I wrote a report. So, because I'll just read the report, okay? So, the first day was quite stressful. We couldn't really communicate with the kids because they speak Tagalog and we speak English. So, yeah. And we had to rely very heavily on the counsellors. But what stu- stood out for me was when we watched a Tagalog movie. Oh, by the way, Tagalog is what they speak in Philippines. La. It's not some weird thing. Okay, but in case you don't know, Tagalog is what they speak in Philippines. 
when we watched a Tagalog, Tagalog movie, Magnifico, it was about a 10-year-old boy who had a younger sister with epilepsy and how he touched his community with small acts of kindness. And I thought it was a bit ridiculous, the movie, because it was extremely exaggerated and he do a lot of funny things. So I, I thought, huh, so who really will be? But after the movie, we broke into small groups to discuss this. So I was with four other kids and a counsellor. And in the group of the four kids, okay, one of the boy, had Carlos, had an epileptic younger sister. So he said that the movie really touched him because he had an epileptic younger sister. Joy, a girl, had a special needs older sister. Joyce um, had a twin sister with a heart problem. I was like, oh, four people, three people. I'm like, oh my goodness, that was really depressing. And that really shocked me. And it made me wonder because the next day, we, went, we were standing there and we were worshipping and, and we sang, I could sing of your love forever. And then all the kids, wow, they, they were so happy. I could sing of, I don't know, oh my goodness, how can they sing, I could sing of your love forever? Like, their lives are really, really quite terrible. I find it difficult sometimes to sing, I could sing of your love forever because I feel sad about my, I don't know, some argument that I've had with somebody. <laughs> some other, yeah, you know. But with all these things, with a twin, can you imagine having a twin sister with a hole in the heart, living in a slum, with no money for medica medical help, singing, I could sing of your love forever. We were all very touched by how welcoming they all were to us and how open they were. I remember that on the first night, one of the kids asked me how to say hello in Chinese. So I taught them. Then immediately the whole table became, Ni hao! Ni hao! <laughs> it's very funny. And they all run around, Ni hao! Then another kid asked, that's why it became a Chinese lesson. Everybody asked me like, how to say this, how to say that. Then one said how to say naughty. Then I say, Huai tan. Then all of them run around. Huai <laughs> tan! <laughs> so if you go Philippines, then someone say, Huai tan! You know, it's me. It's three years ago, Huai tan. Okay? Yeah, that was an amazing experience. And, but more importantly, okay, one conversation I remember having was with one counsellor okay, who was like about 20 years old at the time. Her name was Ate Ruby. Okay, Ate is sister in Tagalog. So Ate Ruby. Her name is Ruby. And she was telling me about how she served God her entire life. And I tell you, her story was amazing to me. She gave her first message at the pulpit when she was around 13 years old. Who is, uh, who is over 13 years old here, by the way? Don't bluff. <laughs> who is over 13 years old? Everybody, what? Who is under 13? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, my fault. I didn't know. Okay, so those... At 13 years old, she stand at the pulpit and gave a sermon to the church. Okay? And... She was, she, at that time, she was involved in so many areas of service. She was involved in the children's ministry. She was involved. She was a worship leader. She was in the youth ministry. She was doing everything. And she was telling me that the reason she does all these things is because she feels born to serve. And I felt so challenged, okay? I feel very challenged by her to serve seeking God's pleasure, not worrying about anything else. Another thing I admire about her is that she isn't completely detached from everyday life. Like, I, I think some, you, you know, like, some people, like, they like to serve then, but they, they just ignore the everyday life. But she said while she was in school, she wanted to go full-time. She wanted to become a full-time pastor. But she believed that she would be able to serve, 
she would be able to serve God better with a degree. So she went to university and she graduated with a degree in education while she was working. So that's, I think that's amazing. And seriously, how many of us can... I, I, I don't know, lah, okay? I can't say that I'm like that. But talking to her when I was, three years ago really formed my views on service, okay, which was what I was talking about that time when I said that the default answer is... Yeah. The, the default answer is yes. And, and that's what she epitomizes for me. So when I remember her service, I, I'm, I'm amazed. And the point of me telling you this story is this. One day we are all going to stand before God. We are going to die, so one day we are all going to stand before God. Or God is going to come, the King is going to return, and we are all going to stand before God. And what will God say? And we have to give an account, we have to give an answer. I don't think Ate Ruby has a problem with telling God that, okay, I don't know for sure, but I don't think that Ate Ruby has a problem with telling God that I've gave my life to serve you, I've gave my life to something worthwhile. But can we all say that? But some of you are going to say like, hey, my life isn't that bad. Why are you so depressive? And I didn't do much wrong. And, you know, some of you are going to say to God, hey, God, I didn't do bad things. What? Hey, but I think God is asking you today, you didn't do bad things, but do you know that sometimes doing nothing is also wrong? Sometimes sin is not doing anything at all. Okay? There are two types of sins. One is the sin of commission and one is the sin of omission. Okay, the sin of commission is very clear. Like when you kill someone, it's a sin of commission. Okay, clear, right? So you commit a sin, you do something wrong. Okay, but the sin of omission is, in James 4.17 it says, if you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it, that's also sin. A good example is the, the you know, the par- everybody, I think everybody knows the parable of the Good Samaritan where... Um, the Levite and the, the, the priest um, went by and saw the injured man and, and they didn't do anything to help him. They knew they should have helped him, but they didn't. And doing nothing is sinful. So one day God is going to ask you, Hey, I've blessed you with so much. I've given you so many things. I've given all of you in this hall more than $2 a day. <laughs> I've given all of you in this hall... Um, good homes, good clothes, good, I don't know, good things. God has blessed us with a lot. And He's going to ask you, what have you done with it? Really? So this is my second point. Don't waste your life. Okay? Don't waste your life. But some of you might say, okay, I don't want to waste my life, but what can I do? I'm only 14 years or 13 years old or 12 years old, I don't know. 15 years old, like, I'm young. Like, I'm supposed to have fun and play my PlayStation, PS, I don't know what do young, last time my time is Sega, la. I don't know what time you're play. what you're playing now. PS la, or Dota. I don't know, okay, but I, I, I meant this is the time where I'm going to enjoy myself, man. Why do I want to bother about all this don't waste my life thing? Hey, we are all in this church, we all, I, I assume that most of us are Christians, we all believe in the Bible. The Bible didn't say when you're for the first 20 of years of your life, just chill out, just relax. Um, it said, don't let anybody look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers. In speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So right now, don't let age be an excuse. Don't let age become an excuse. I don't think age is an excuse for, for not doing things that you're supposed to do. Okay? Don't waste your life. Clear. But maybe some of you have a different concern. Okay, I, I, okay by the way, uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of diffic- 
hard things and difficult things. I don't want you all to think that I'm coming here to like say, oh, you are all going to hell. You know, please, please. I, I wouldn't say something like that because, yeah, I wouldn't say because okay, I'm a nice guy and I, I think most of you all know that I, I, I'm... <laughs> What's all the? Uh, okay. I'm a nice guy. I don't. I don't scold people. You know. You know. It's kind of such. I'm such a friendly face. You know. Then. Uh, so, I'm not coming here to say uh, you're all. You know. I'm not. Okay. I I believe that there's a place for um, having fun and stuff. But I think this is a very serious message. Um, this is a very serious passage, and we need to be serious about it. When Jesus told the talk to the servant who didn't do anything. Um, when the nobleman talked to the say, servant who didn't do anything, he didn't say, okay, la, I mean, you know, it's difficult. I am a hard man, so okay, la, it's okay. No, he said, you wicked servant. It's serious. Okay? So when I say don't waste your life, I'm not judging you. I'm not coming here in judgment, but it's serious. Don't waste your life. Okay? But maybe some of you, again, have a different concern. Maybe you think that, how do we know what God has asked us to do? He, he doesn't he never tell me what. I am waiting for him to tell me what to do, then I'll do it. Um, I'm waiting for him to appear here and say, Joel, go to Africa. And then I'll go to Africa. Huh. Or I'm waiting for him to appear to or Joshua and say, Joshua, Myanmar. Then go to Myanmar. Then, Joesh. Sure, India. <laughs> then he must go to India. Yeah. But if God never appeared to me, then I, I just, you know, He never tell me what to do. So why, why should I do anything? Okay, Paul, let's, and we are all waiting for that. Okay, I wouldn't say we are all waiting for that, but I think some of us are waiting for that. Some of us are waiting for God to appear to us and say, hey, do this, do this, do this, and you will do it. But we are just waiting. Okay, but Paul had that. Okay, let's turn to, oh, uh, you don't need to turn to Acts. I tell you, okay, Acts, Jesus appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road in Acts. And he said to Paul, I am sending you, Paul, to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's awesome. I want God to appear to me and tell me, Joel, go to this place and tell all these people and, and then they will all become Christians and hallelujah. But that never happened to me. And you know, that doesn't happen very often. I, and I've heard stories where that has happened, where, where God has appeared to people in dreams and, and God has told people um, in visions that, okay, go to this place and all. But okay, let's, let's keep at Paul. Okay, let's all turn to Romans. Romans chapter 15. <clears throat> okay, if you have Romans, look up so that I know, please. Okay, Romans chapter 15. Romans 15 verse 20. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. It's Paul's ambition, he says here, it's Paul's ambition to preach the gospel where, he's, where Christ is not known. And we can all agree that this is something that, that is not wasting his life. Paul is obviously not wasting his life. He's doing something that is noble and, 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 and all that. Okay, I, I, I don't think all of us are called to be missionaries. Okay, but that's, that's a totally different sermon. But I don't think all of us are called to be missionaries. Um, some of us are called to go, maybe one day um, from here, some people will go become a missionary somewhere. But some of us are called to be senders. Okay, that's a different thing. Okay, 
But Paul didn't expect everybody to be a missionary like him. So why did Paul become a missionary? Actually, Paul can just say that, hey, I became a missionary. He can write in Romans, it's my ambition to be a missionary. Because God appeared to me, in, uh, Jesus appeared to me on Damascus and told me to go, which he did. But did Paul say that? Paul didn't say that. Paul said, he quoted Isaiah saying that those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. He quoted the scripture and he said that that is why I go. Okay, he didn't say that a spirit appeared to me, an angel appeared to me, I had a dream. He said that the Bible says this, so I go. And I think that's something that is a message for all of us who are waiting for the Damascus experience, waiting for the vision, the dream, the, the fire from heaven, the writing in the sky. I think that's a message for all of us. Because how much clearer do you want it to be? I've also heard testimonies from a missionary. I heard a testimony from this missionary and he told me, in Matthew chapter 28, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make... I mean, how much clearer do you want? That's what God is saying. Go and make, a, make disciples of all nations. Do you really need a voice from heaven to say, yeah, read Matthew 28, go and make... No, it's a message from God here. Do the simple things, things that the Bible has already told us to do, things that we already know we should do. Okay, let me give you a, a simple example. Okay? Um, I've been back in Singapore for about two weeks now. The weather has been terrible. Sweating every day. Even when it's raining, I'm sweating. When I go and bathe, I walk out of the shower, I'm sweating. Okay, maybe, yeah, it's really terrible after coming back from Australia because Australia is really dry. Um, it's dry, it's not humid. So um, the weather here is bad. And one of the other things that I really miss about Australia is the coffee. Wow, I think the coffee in Australia, they put drugs inside or something. The coffee is amazing. If you go, if you drink coffee in Australia, you know that drinking coffee in Singapore just doesn't meet the coffee in Australia. Okay? And I've been telling people, oh, I miss the coffee here uh, in Australia. I wish I could go back and, and all that. And, and recently, a friend of mine, um, oh, uh, you all know John Carl Wong, right? Oh, John Carl Wong. John Wong, he's, he spoke here a few times, right? Once, uh, he spoke here once. Lah. So anyway, I, I knew him for a long time ago. And he, he, he studied in Australia, so he understands what I mean. So... Recently, he offered um, to bring a few of us to drink coffee at this Ulu place at Kalang. Hey, tomorrow we go Kalang, drink coffee. Okay, anyway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, we, yeah. we, we went to this place in Kalang to drink coffee. Okay? So, he, Jess, um, also, I mean, Jess was invited. I don't know why Jess was invited, but because we love her, so Jess was invited. So Jess um, came down to church. I was in church and we were going to Kalang. So Jess came down to, to meet me in church and we took a cab down to Kalang together. Lah. Um, and so she came and it was, she, well, she, we were walking down the hill and, and all that. And she was telling me, wow, it's been a long day. Oh my goodness. Some like watched some weird video about what? Food, animal killings. They kill the animal. I don't know what she's talking about. Most of the time when she talked, I tune out somewhere. But yeah. <laughs> but we love you. Uh, yeah, so... She was telling me a lot of things about, you know, oh, I had tired, I'm so tired out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, it's a so, uh, poor thing. And, you know, so we walk down the hill and then we fly cab and then we go into the cab. And, you know, sometimes, right, when you get into the cab, then the taxi driver, some taxi drivers uh, just love to talk. 
pray don't understand why they talk to me. Sometimes when I'm very tired, I want to like just chill and listen to my music, like oh take 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 it all. But the taxi driver just like to talk. <laughs> then when I'm tired, I'll be like oh yeah, yes uncle, okay, yeah. Then then hopefully he will just keep quiet and I can take 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 it all. But <laughs> just and I know Jess was tired, but Jess started talking to the uncle, even though the uncle was talking in Chinese, and Jess cannot speak Chinese. Jess asked the taxi uncle, I don't know, Jess, then they started talking in Chinese. I thought, like, wow, this is really weird. I never hear Jess speak Chinese before. And they started talking to each other. And then suddenly, Jess asked the taxi driver, Uncle, I okay, must imagine this in a worse accent. Okay? Because my Chinese is quite good, so it's very difficult for me to... You know? But she said, Uncle, what for? Which is, why Jesus... Uh, uncle, Jesus. Okay, Uncle... <laughs> Not Jesus, gay. Okay, that's not Jesus. Okay, sorry. Rewind, okay. She said, Uncle, why do you believe in Buddhism? And I was like, Whoa, you asked the uncle this kind of thing? That's quite intense, no? Then, uh, you're not tired, man. I thought you're tired. And then they started talking about it, and the guy was saying, like, Oh, Ingwei, don't know what. I, I really, I didn't really follow what he was saying. What? what? Ah, uh, yeah, I started talking about what's the difference between jie guo and hou guo. I don't know. He started talking a lot of things. Lah, okay, but, and then, I wish I can tell you lah, okay, that at the end of the taxi ride, the uncle broke down and cried. He said, oh, I was saying yes. But that, that didn't happen. Lah. Okay. okay. I, I, I wish I can tell you this kind of story. But actually, that's not the point at all. I think... It's okay that stories don't end like that. I, and I've heard, again, I've heard powerful stories where, where the Holy Spirit say, we're going to talk to this person, talk to this person. The person broke down on the train and cried and said, I, I accept Jesus into my life and then became a pastor 20 years later and well, become mega... Ch- I, I've heard stories like that. But I'm very okay with stories not ending like that. And I think that's the point. <clears throat> I don't know for sure you can ask her, but I'm quite sure that at that point of time, the Holy Spirit didn't prompt in her heart and say, hey, just go and talk to the uncle about what some more he's sing for. If the Holy Spirit, maybe the Chinese will be better. Lah. But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm quite sure that the Holy Spirit didn't prompt her heart and say, so, and I think, right, it's because she knows that in Romans, it says, how can they believe unless they have been told? So she took the opportunity to talk to the uncle about what someone is saying for. And she knows that in Paul, uh, in First Corinthians, it says, I have become all things to all men so that by all means I can save some. And that's why she tried her very terrible Chinese on the uncle. Okay? Because she wanted to be all things to all men. And even though she's tired, she knows that in Isaiah, God says that if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, of the, of, on behalf of the weary, I will satisfy all your needs. Correct or not? Yes, that's why she did all these things, because she knows that if you do the simple things, if you do the things that the Bible has already said to do, that's what's important. It's not important to wait. As in, it's important when God comes in a cloud and then tells you, go to Africa, that you go to Africa. I mean, that's important, but that's not going to happen every day. But every day, there's going to be opportunities where you can do things that the Bible has told you to do. And we all know that, Right? So this is my point. Do something. Okay, so I've, I've done three points already. The first is, the king is returning. We don't know when, we don't know how, but the king is coming back. 
Okay. And the second point is, don't waste your life. And the third point is this, do something. Anything. Just do it. You remember in the parable, the last servant did nothing. And God said, you wicked servant, at least put the money in the bank and I will collect the interest. And that's something. Doing something small, insignificant, unimportant, it might be insignificant, but it's better than nothing. So start, start today, start now. I think it's important okay, to study the Bible, to memorize scripture. Why? Because the Bible says all scripture is God breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Yes, Heidi can come up, please. <laughs> okay? The Bible says, so you look around you in this hall, you see all the people, all the fellow Christians around you, all the people that you love, love them. Why? Because the Bible says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. <clears throat> Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but continue encouraging, on, um, encouraging one another, spurring each other on towards love and good deeds. Start praying. Pray for yourself, pray for other people. Why? Because the Bible says, pray unceasingly. In Proverbs 50, it says, call upon, the, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. The Bible says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Can you all please start playing, please? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Tell people about Jesus. I think that's what... Um, Jess was trying to do and she asked her uncle where's the morning sing for just tell people about Jesus invite your friends to camp invite, invite your friends to service why? because Romans says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God there is no one who is righteous not even one the wages of sin is death and Romans says I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes but Romans also say, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one that they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How beautiful it is are the feet of those who bring good news. And I, I've listed a lot of verses here and there are more. There are more things that we can do and I think we all know that. So this is, these are my three points today. The king is returning. He is coming. He might come he might come soon he might come now he might come anytime okay he's coming and what's going to happen when you stand in front of him what's he going to say to you the king is coming don't waste your life be like Ate Ruby be like Paul giving yourself giving spending your time spending your money spending everything on things that are worthwhile I think it's easy to fall into the whole culture of like, you know, giving in to thinking about myself and, and I, okay, I don't, I don't want to go there, but please don't waste your life. Do worthwhile things. I, I don't think I need to tell you what worthwhile things are and I don't think I need to tell you what wasting your life is. Don't waste your life. Finally, do something. Do something. Just do something simple today. Just start small. Something insignificant is better than nothing at all. Okay? And these are the three things that I have.
today. And my message is very short. I'm, I'm pretty much done. Okay. But let's, let's just bow our heads today. Let's just close our eyes. Let's, let's just meditate upon what, what we've been talking about today. Just imagine if Jesus is standing before you right now, what is He going to say to you? What have you been spending your life on? Is he going to say you wicked servant or is he going to say you good and faithful servant? That's between you and Jesus. But think about that right now. What is he going to say to you? good news in this very the parable in general is quite sad, it's quite serious at the end he says um, bring all my enemies before me and kill all of them and it's quite serious but I think the, um, the, there's a positive to this parable there's a good, good message hidden in this parable and it's this there's still time because the king has not yet come the king has not yet come and right now there's still time for you to make changes in your life. There's still time for you to say, Jesus, I don't want to waste my life anymore. I want to live my life fruitfully. I want to live my life for you. I don't want to waste my life anymore. So even as we rise, let's stand up let's worship with this song let's just even commit in our hearts that we don't want to be a youth ministry that just lives our life any or how, but we want to live our lives with a purpose we want to be a generation that rises up, we want to be a generation that takes their place we want to be a generation that counts for God So let's just worship God right now. I see the King of Glory.
taking a stand where we talk about like how we don't want to waste our lives there needs to be an action there needs to be a response there needs to be a decision and if today you feel that you don't want to waste your life anymore you don't want to live your life just however it's supposed to be, however you've been living it but today you want to make a difference today you want to make a stand you want to make changes to your life then then I just ask you to just come forward and, and just just commit to God and just leave it at the altar in front of God right now even as we continue to sing this song, I'll just ask the musicians to, to the worship leader to just keep leading the song. And if you feel that you want to give your life and you want to commit your life, just come forward and just commit it to God.
issuing out the altar call, right? I, I, just, I just saw these two words, heart transplant, okay? And, and I really, be, I, I feel, right, like, I, I think this is what God is trying to say, okay? Some of us, right, we have our hearts, like, stone. We have hardened our hearts to Him. And, and today, right, some of us just need that heart transplant. Some of us just need to have our hearts breakable again. Some of us need to have our heart moldable again. And, and I cannot guarantee you that, you know, when you, when you put yourself in that vulnerable position, right, you will never get hurt again. I cannot guarantee that. But I can tell you, right, if you put yourself in that position of receiving, right, you will be blessed by God and you will be able to feel what He feels and you will be able to know what's on His mind. And so I just want to issue another altar call. Like, for those responding to the first altar call, could you just kindly move to the front? I just want to issue another altar call and... If today, right, that is you who needs that heart transplant, you say, God, change my heart, change my heart, God. There are so many things that have hurt me. There are so many things that have disappointed me and I'm, I'm just storing all of these things up and it's creating this, this wedge between you and me. If that is you today, I just want you to respond and let's just pray. Let's just pray together. Yep. So the worship team can just continue.
To bring you praise, I will 
Ask you to um, uh, those who are still still soaking the presence, continue soaking the presence of God. And but for the rest who are, who are just standing, I really want I want to ask you to, to to think about what you just heard, think about the message you just heard, and think about what you're going to what you're going to do about it. Because now is now it's really I don't know after exams, some of you are not um, some of you are, have graduated, you're not going back to your old schools and stuff. And, and I want you to think and spend time asking God what what He wants you to do, what 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 direction. Where does he want you to go, and stuff like that? And and, and if you don't get anything, remember what Joel said. It's all in the Bible. Yeah. So to, please, I don't ask you to 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 not waste this moment. Not not waste this moment when 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 God is here and God and God wants to speak to you. That's what I really believe.
If you are ready to dance, <laughs> but but I really believe that God has has done something great in here. He has I really believe that He has has touched hearts and He has spoken to a lot of you. And and, and I just really want to encourage y'all. You, you know, like like really like the song says, right? We are gonna dance in the freedom we know, because this freedom is not like it's not like some lepak freedom. You know, it's freedom from like. Being bonded It's freedom from being a slave It's freedom from, from all the things of this world And that's why we have a reason to dance I don't care how unglam you look when you dance I also look very unglam when I dance But, but, but let's retake this song And, and let's, let's give God all the praise Let's give God everything that we have, you know Come on Set on a holy name And with all of the sin and death 
dance next week at PVP, okay? Uh, can uh, Tiara, CG and my CG meet at the back? Don't leave us, okay? Thank you. Uh, it's me again. Uh, if you guys have...